Hey, we're glad that you're here this uh, morning. We're always excited about being in the house of the Lord. Amen? Y'all get excited about that. I hope you are. You hope you're praying that God's going to do something in your life today. Why come to church? If God's not going to work in our hearts and lives, we want that to happen uh, every, every service. I don't want to come to any service that I don't, I don't meet God. You know, we're in a class. I'm in a connect class right now with some couples. And one of the things that we talked about was that, you know, we want to worship the Lord. You know, we desire to worship God. We want that to be very much a part of our life. And what I understand about worshiping the Lord is this, is that every time I see someone that worshiped Jesus in the Bible, that person changed. Something happened. And I trust every service you come into and you walk into these services that you're asking God, God, do something in my heart and life. I, I pray that today, God, that whatever change that need to be made in my life, that they will be made. Whatever, whatever things I'm doing wrong, I shouldn't be doing, help me get those things straightened out. So I, I trust you come here for that very reason. It's good to have Diane's parents with us, Larry and Kitten Lambridge, and uh, this is my, my son's in-laws. They are a sweet, sweet couple, and uh, I, I would tell a mother-in-law joke, but, you know, I <laughs> probably shouldn't do that. I'll give it to Keith, though, and, uh, but, uh, but we are so thankful they have come, spent a few days uh, with the family. We're always excited, and you say, what, what can you say real good about them? They're from Kentucky. That's some good stuff right there. Amen. And uh, <laughs> she, that's the most excited I've seen you since you've been coming to church. If I'd have known that it got you excited, I'd say Kentucky again. But I'm glad, I'm glad you, you plugged in. That's a kind of a cool deal. But uh, welcome to the services. Hey, we're in Revelation chapter 2. And uh, uh, the, night, the, the, the blessing about what we're doing, what we're studying is that uh, if you really want to go to a good verse-by-verse study in the book of Revelation, you need to come at 9.30. At 9.30, they're doing a, a study in the book of Revelation as well, and uh, they're sharing some of the things that I'll be sharing with you. Uh, the reason I've decided, it gives me a foundation to work from. And so uh, I encourage you to read the book of Revelation, uh, particularly uh, this chapters 2 and 3. is dealing with those seven churches uh, in Asia. And what's interesting, what works right along with what we're getting ready to do, in those seven churches, we see the seven secrets to growth and change is right in with those seven churches. So we were talking about that. And so I encourage you to read up on this and, and uh, expect God to deal and speak with you. Have you ever had one of those moments uh, when everything has stopped and, you know, God's kind of getting your attention? And uh, in December it happened for me where God just kind of got my attention and, uh, you know, I was going in a particular certain direction. Have you ever had your life all mapped out? Like you knew what you were going to do with your life. You ever had that happen and all of a sudden it ain't happening? You know, <laughs> God decided to kind of come in and, and deal with you and all. Well, that kind of happened to me in the month of December. And where I was going in a certain direction and all of a sudden change come in my life. And as hard as change is, I know, you know, it's like someone says, there's two things I don't like. I don't like change. I don't like things the way they are. <laughs> and so, you know, you may be that kind of situation, kind of a difficult situation and all. But the exciting thing about change is that we know that growth is just around the corner. And I think we need to be excited about that. I know you've had these kind of moments when all of a sudden you're kind of going through a normal kind of existence and you're hit with some news. Maybe some news about a friend or a family member. Uh, you're, you're aware of some things going on, and because of those things going on, uh, life for you is never the same because of what you experienced. 
And the thing I want to encourage you is that I, I believe that God allows change to come under our life. And the reason I believe he does, because that's the, only, that's the key or the road to growth. There's going to be, there'll be no growth without change. And so I think it's important to be aware of that. Uh, in 1986, there was this fellow that received the Nobel Prize. And in his acceptance speech, he made three statements that I thought would really work well for us today. He said this. He said, the opposite of love is not hate. It's indifference. He said, the opposite of success is not failure. It's indifference. And the opposite of life is not death, but it's indifference. And indifference is living a life uncommitted to any one thing in particular. In our lesson that we'll be studying, we're going to be studying about how to not become indifferent. And how to, as we as we be looking at the Word of God, uh, the way that we become that we can deal with this or avoid being indifferent as a ministry is that we've got to accept first things first. What is first in your life? Now, there's something. There's one thing I know about the Word of God, and that God. You get a hold of this. God loves you. In studying the Scripture. And going over the scriptures, one thing I find that's consistent in the word of God, and that's God loves you. I'm afraid sometimes what happens is that we have walked with the Lord so long that we've kind of forgotten that. Uh, we've now become kind of, we've kind of taken that for granted, and we've taken him for granted, and we forget how wonderful that is. It's like, I know each of these husbands here, how many, how many is a husband? And every day you tell your wife you love her, Amen. Yeah, you will be doing that. And, uh, you know, because you just heard me. She got, you heard what the reverend said. Are you telling me you love me? Well, you need to be doing that. I mean, that, you know, you need not just because they say, well, it may be that, you know, I, I don't want something bad to happen, her not to know that. I don't think that'll be the reason. I think y'all are telling you love her because you love her. You are. This class, you're coming right along. Now, I'm excited for you. Well, I think that we need to do that. And, and I know sometimes, you know, I talk like this and I say, hey, you know that God loves you. And you're sitting here this morning saying, well, you know, preacher, I don't feel very lovable. You know, I don't feel very lovable and, and I don't feel I deserve Jesus' love and, and I'm not good enough for the Lord to love me and, and you don't know what I'm doing or what I did in the past. And so therefore, when you look at that kind of stuff, God couldn't possibly love me. I can tell you this based on God's word. God loves you with a, an indescribable kind of love. For God so loved the world. God loves you. God cares about you. And I know something else about the word of God. He loves you so much, he doesn't want you to stay in the same place. He wants you to grow. And as a church, he wants us to grow. And I think this is the full extent of God's love. I, I think God loves us so much that he wants to see he wants to see change and growth in our life, and, and he wants to be involved with our life. And may I say to you this morning, I want God involved with my life. How about y'all? Amen? Amen? I want God involved with my life. I just don't want to go through the motions, and maybe you've done that. I've done that. Where I've kind of just gone through the motions. I've just kind of played the game called church. I've just gone through the motions, and maybe you've done that. that that's, that's wearisome, isn't it? Just going through the motions, and, and, and I'm sure that you hunger for God working in your life. And it's my prayer this morning that when you walk out of here, you won't walk out of here the same way you walked in. You'll walk out of here different. God desires to work in your life. God wants to do that. My, my, admission, my, my admonition to you is you need to want God to do that. You need to want God to, to work in your life. Now, the question we've got to deal with this morning is, 
Who is first place in my life? Who is first place in my life? And what really is first place? And sometimes when we go to a subject like this, we need to go to the doctor. And, and I believe Jesus is the doctor. And we need for him to examine our life and to find out really who is first place in our life. And as we look here in the book of Revelation, chapter 2, we see that John is writing to uh, seven churches in Asia and he was going over some things and explaining some things to them and, and giving them some things that they needed to do. And as we look here in Revelation chapter 2, have you got it? I don't normally do this, but could you stand this morning for the reading of the Word of God? I would I'd ask you, and we don't normally, but this morning I'll ask you to do that. John's speaking here. Understand what's going on. Verse 1, if you want to just look around. Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things saith he that holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. Who is that, by the way? That's Jesus. That's who's, that's who's going on right here. Verse 2, I know thy works, and thy labor, and thy patience, and how thou canst not bear them which are evil. And thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not, and hast found them liars, and hast borne and hath patience, and for my name's sake hath labored and hath not fainted. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. That's what needs to be first in our life. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and I will remove thy candlestick out of the place, except thou repent. But this thou hast that Thou hatest the deeds of the Nicolodians, which I also hate. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith of the churches. To him that overcome will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Father, thank you for your word. I pray that we'll add blessings to your word. I pray that it'll make a difference and a change in our life now. Thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. All right. If there's one thing that we read here in these seven verses that he's, he's saying to this church of Ephesus, which in reality is saying to us, is that I need to be first in your life. Now, he's not going to be first in your life by accident. It's going to be by design. The Bible says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. And so the whole point, as he's dealing with the book of, of dealing with the church at Ephesus, is that you need to make me first in your life. Now the question is, how do we do that? How do we make Jesus first in our life? It's simply say, well, he's first. How about this? He's number one. You know? I generally see that on TV. They're, they're losing their game. They say, we're number one. No, you're number six. You know, I don't think you're number one. But maybe we think that's the way it has to happen. We can make some demonstrative statement like that. That's not the case. There's a couple of things this morning I want to share with you when it comes to making him first place in your life. The first thing is this. We need to listen to Jesus. We've got to develop ears that hear what he's saying, listening to the words that he is speaking. Now, that's what he says in verse 1, under the angel of the church of Ephesus write, these things saith he that hath the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. He is the one that's speaking. You think about that. He is the one that's talking to us. He is the one that's communicating with us. We need to listen to Jesus. In fact, when you read the first chapter 
of the book of Revelation, he gives a pronouncement. He says this in verse 3, Blessed is he that readeth, and they that heareth the words of the prophecy, and keeps those things that are written therein, for the time is at hand. Jesus, John is saying here that if we will read and listen to what God has to say, we will be blessed. Have you ever had someone say you're praying for the blessings of God on their life? You've heard me say this before. You don't have to pray for the blessings of God. Just do what he blesses. Do what he blesses. I mean, it's not a really, it's, he's not made this hard for us. He said, if you will read the word of God and listen to the word of God, I will bless you. Now, back in the Old Testament, the uh, precondition for God's blessings was that the people would listen and do what God said. That makes sense. Deuteronomy 6, 3, Hear therefore, O Israel, and observe to do it, that it may be well with thee, and that you may increase mightily, as the Lord God of thy fathers has promised thee, in the land that floweth with milk and honey. And my question to you is this, did they listen? And the answer is, no, they didn't listen. I mean, you know, you would think these are, these, these are the people that were God's people. And it's amazing the different things God had done in their lives. And he had, they had seen him work in their life. He said, if you'll simply do what I'm telling you to do, I will bless you. Jeremiah 7, 26 says this, Yet they hearkened not unto me, nor inclined their ear, but hardened their neck. And they did worse than their fathers. When you cease to listen to God, you're in trouble. I mean, you don't have to deal with the sin problems, what he was talking about here. They were going through a very difficult situation. Now, I realize it's difficult sometimes to hear because there's a lot of things going on around us, isn't there? It's almost hard to find a place where you don't have some type of distraction, you see. How many of you have children? Okay. <laughs> Have you ever said this? Just listen to me. You ever said that? You say things like, listen to what I'm telling you. Do they listen? And the answer is, so what we do is raise our voice. And that always works, doesn't it? No, it doesn't work. I mean, you know, I believe you have to teach your children to listen. I know that you would like to think that your children are perfect. You probably need to lose some weight, too. And if you believe that stuff. I mean, they're not perfect, and, and you've got to realize that. But what you have is you have an opportunity. You know, we think kids just come out. Kids don't come out listening. They come out crying and complaining and wanting. That's how they come out, and they pretty much stay there. And so what you have to do, you have to teach your child to listen. You need to take time. You have to, and, and you know how you teach your child to listen? Are you ready? You're going to like this one. You know how you teach your child to listen? Speak to them. Talk to them. Communicate with them. You have that responsibility. You know, the problem today is that huh, we have a problem with, with selective listening. Now, uh, I guess I can say this. My, uh, my, my poor wife has to live with me. And the way she talks, she doesn't really, and I, and I know that my problem is I've got to be more sensitive to Charlotte vocabulary. And, uh, and what I find out is that, like, for example, I said, honey, where do you want to go to eat? And she gives me a lot of suggestions. And I'm sitting there going, just tell me where you want to go to eat. 
I mean, just let me know what it is, you know, and, and I will, I, I'll respond to that and, 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 you know, point me in the right direction. Well, here it is. This July 29th, we've been married 50 years, and I still have trouble listening. Some of you are laughing, but you do too. Don't get so smug back there. Well, I'm praying for the reverend. No, pray for yourself, you know. But the reality is that, as I, you know, I've got to be sensitive to what she's saying, and I've got to work on that. You think after this many years, you know, we figured it out. Well, no, we haven't. It's a constant thing we work on because we're trying to communicate, and, and, and you know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, and so we're continually working on that. And, and, and the, you know why I want to work on listening to what she has to say? Because I love her. She's cute, you know. She lights up my life. <laughs> I won't sing. I know y'all sing it on Reverend. No, I won't sing anymore. I love her. I want to know what she's saying. I love the Lord, too. I want to know what he's saying. I don't want to miss it. I want to, he's speaking. I want to be listening. I don't want to ever be too busy. Let me tell you something. Charlotte knows this. If she, calls me on, if she calls on my phone, I'll be picking it up. I don't care who I'm with. Doesn't matter who I'm with, I'm taking that call because that's how important she is in my life. And she knows that if she, you know, she don't have, if she don't hear this, he's not here right now. Could you leave him a message? Because I know if that comes on, I'm in real trouble. <laughs> I mean, there's going to be no happiness back at home. And so, but, but, you know, and I, I'm really concerned about that. But, you know, I, you know what would be worse is that the Lord's speaking to me and he gets this message. He's busy right now. He don't have time to listen to you. I don't want him ever to think that. I want to listen to what he's got to say because that, that, that is what the church in Ephesus, their problem was. They weren't listening to Jesus. I don't want to be that way. Now, how do we do that? Let me give you four real quick things that I believe will help us when we come to listen to Jesus. First of all, number one, you need a time out. I think it says quiet solitude and reflection in our life in prayer and in God's word. Time out. You need a time out. You need a place where you can talk to God. You need a place where you read your word, where you read the Bible, and where God can talk to you. Uh, I get here pretty early in the morning because I don't want any distractions. I want to read the word of God. I want God to be able to talk to me. I, I need a place where God can do that. If, you're not, if you don't have that place, you don't have a real problem listening to God. You need a place. You need to, it's a priority. You need to make it a priority. Have a place where you're meeting with God. Number two, in order to listen to God's voice, I need to be aware of wise counsel and friends. Uh, I, I need people to speak truth into my life. I, just a couple weeks, about last week, I had this done for me and all, uh, where someone talked to me, they didn't realize what they were saying to me. But I, I'm at a point now, uh, as, I'm, as, as I'm on this journey of change and growth, that I'm pretty much sensitive whatever anyone says to me, and whether it's positive or negative, because I know it's coming from the Lord, and I know if I will let them speak into my life, that what will happen, it'll help me to make the right direction, the right decisions. So I try to get around people that I believe love me and love this ministry and love the Lord, and, and I, when I communicate with them and they, they're saying things to me, I want to listen. I feel so sad if you don't have people in your life that care about you, that love you. Uh, you know, I know that if you're, if you're married, I understand that you're, whether it's your wife or your husband, I know that, or should be your best friend. You know, I, the person I can be around, and, and they'll speak into your life, and so you need that. Number three, uh, you, when it comes to listening to the Lord's voice, 
Uh, you need a message that, that you hear. Say, what do you mean by that? God is speaking to us, I believe, a lot that we're not listening to. Do you know there's a conversation going on all the time within your mind? You know that, don't you? <laughs> you hate to admit it, don't you? <laughs> but it is happening. You know, take that apple pie over the neighbor and show them some love in the Lord. Go, go cut that neighbor's grass. Uh, go take that person so and so. This person needs some money. Give them some money to help them with their utilities or whatever. God speaks to us all the time, and, and really it's amazing how many times he really does talk to us. You say, well, why does he talk to me all the time? Because you don't do what he's saying. You're not doing what he tells you to do. Why should he communicate? Well, you're not going to listen to him anyway. But if you'll start listening, God, God speaks to me. And, you know, you're in a service like this. The main message is Revelation chapter 2. But God may have another message for you within this message. I know that's how I was called to preach when I was, when I was 16 years old. The pre- I had my devotion the night before. The Lord gave me the scripture that he used to call me to preach. And that next morning, the preacher was preaching. I don't even know what he was preaching about. But somewhere in the message, that message came into my heart. God, I want you to preach the gospel. Woe unto you if you don't do it. Man, it was like he was talking to me audibly. But it was in here. You need to respond. You know there's a war going on inside here. You know that, don't you? For your attention. Either God or the world, the flesh, the devil. But God's in there too. And if you are listening to the Holy Spirit, if you're here this morning, you know Christ is your personal Savior. Holy Spirit lives within you. He's communicating with you. and You need to listen to what he has to say. The last thing is this. The steps of obedience. Listen to what God would have for you. So the first thing, how we're going to keep first things first is don't, number one, is that we need to listen to God, listen to Jesus. Number two, we need, don't hide behind a busy Christian life. Don't hide behind a busy Christian life. Uh, the Bible says, uh, verses, one, uh, verses two and three of Revelation, I know thy works. That's kind of sobering, isn't it? I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience and how thou canst not bear them which are, uh, which are evil and thou canst try them which say they are apostles and are not, hast found them a liar and hast borne and hast patience for thy namesake, thou hast labored and thou hast not fainted. And of course what he's saying here, uh, as the Lord is kind of evaluating this particular ministry, Ephesus, he says you guys are committed to serving. And by the way, all these things he's saying were good things. We ought to be doing this stuff. Uh, it's interesting when you, when you read these two particular verses, the things that he said, they're committed in serving, they're committed to standing against evil, they're committed to, uh, to, uh, uh, to, to, to share the gospel. Uh, these guys were committed to all this stuff. And God's not saying they shouldn't do that. They should do that. They should be involved. I mean, God has left us here to be involved, and, and he's left us here to, to, to win people to Christ. He's left us here to serve, and he's left here to stand against evil. I mean, that's why we are salt in this world and light. That's why God left us here. That's why we're here. God wants us to do those things. It's not that we shouldn't do those things. And, and I encourage you, if you're not involved in some area of, of serving or, or standing against wrong or, or sharing, you need to get involved. But we've got to be careful that we don't get so busy, that we get so involved with stuff. Uh, we're looking for ways to, to get people involved with other people's lives. And one of the things that's going to happen as we begin these different life groups and things of this nature, the, you know, Bible, you've heard me say this so many times, you know, the Bible says, bear ye one another's burdens. But my question to you, how can you bear someone's burdens if you don't even know who they are? You'd be amazed at the heartache and problems in this church sitting right here in this auditorium. 
You'd be amazed at the things people are going through, and you don't know about it. And so how can you care? How can you bear those burdens? We, we think that we're doing it's a great thing for God, and yet God has, wants to open a tremendous area of ministry if we'll just let ourselves be opened up to it. We need to bear burdens because, man, they're going. Let me tell you this, the world's not going to bear them. If you're looking for sympathy from the world, you're, they're not going to do it. So we're looking for ways to, that we can do what God would have us do in bearing these burdens. I think the question we have to deal with this morning is have we, have we lost our focus? We get, so, we get so busy, even in good things, that we forget the best thing. That's loving Jesus. When's the last time you told Jesus, I love you? He could tell you. What is it? Now, if you have a religion, that's not a big deal. But if you have a relationship, that becomes important, doesn't it? Letting God know. He tells you every time you read his book how much he loves you. And so we need to express to God that we love him. Are you, are you listening to Jesus? And if not, why not? And why would you wait until he really has to get your attention? I never get that one. Why, why wait till he really has to kind of get you to a place where you will listen? Or have you come to your life now where you're simply reacting to what's going on and not responding? Are you just reacting to what's happening around us? Or are you responding? A good place to start is in 1 John 1, 9, where it says that we confess our sin. He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Aren't you glad for that? <laughs> I am. I'm glad this morning to let you know that if you, you've come here, maybe you've come here with a, some heavy loads and you're not, not sure what to do with them. I'm so glad the Bible is casting all your care upon him because he cares for you. And, 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 but the problem is, is once we ask God to forgive us and cleanse us, for a lot of people, that's where it stops and that's where it should not stop. Romans 12 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Don't be conformed to this world. Be transformed. The renewing of your mind, your heart. And you do that renewing by the word of God. So my question to you this morning, of course, next week, here's the word. They'll start next week's message in verse 4. Nevertheless. That's a pretty powerful word. That'll begin the message next week. But nevertheless. It doesn't mean this stuff's wrong. It's good. You should be doing this stuff. But, but, but besides that, there needs to be that, that love in your heart, and there needs to be putting Jesus first in your heart, in your decisions, in your life. And so this morning, again, let me ask you the question. What is first in your life? What is first? We say it's God, but if you look at our time frame, that's not really the case. If you look at what we do in our activity, we barely work God in. And, and if you look at, our, look at our finances and how we spend our money, God is, we don't hardly tip God. And so I'm saying to you this morning, you know, my desire is to bring you to a place 
of, of, of understanding of what God would have for you because he's saying this to us. If you'll hear these things and listen to these things, happy you will be. It'll change your life. And who of us this morning don't want God, we don't want God to do something in our life and to change our life. We don't want to walk out here the way we walked in. We want to walk out of here with the understanding that God wants to be the Lord of our life. But the question is this. Do we want it? We know what he wants, but do we want that? And so this morning, as, as God has spoken to you and dealt with your heart, if you're here this morning and, and there's not things not really right, I, I encourage you, I challenge you this morning uh, not to walk out of here or say, well, you know, you know. Why don't you walk out of here and say, you know, I want God to make those changes in my life this morning. If there's some things in your life you're, that you shouldn't be doing, there's some things you need to get right, no better time than right now to get right with God. Maybe God is, has, is speaking to you. God is dealing with some things he wants you to do. I challenge you to do what he's telling you to do. Let's stand for prayer if you would.